Hello and welcome into the first edition of Turn It Up, the Punters podcast. Johnny Turner here, your host. You're really excited to be bringing you this new concept, our first week, obviously, and we've picked a fantastic week to kick things off. There is a massive night of racing at Alexandra Park on Friday night, a massive day of racing at Ascot Park on Saturday for Diamonds Day, the big day in the deep south. So, yeah, we've picked the right time to come along. This is obviously for the punters. This is a pre- Review a look ahead for all harness fans at the biggest races of the weekend, and we'll be talking each week to the biggest players in those races, and that is the case this week. Uh, just a quick wee note: we are going to be out every Thursday, so follow us on the relevant channels. We'll be on uh, SoundCloud, iTunes. Uh, Facebook, Twitter and Spotify so no excuse to miss the show each week just as a mark of respect we're out on Friday just with Anzac Day Uh, coming out a day late doesn't hurt to take the day off and pay the respects to the fallen soldiers and that's exactly why we're out Friday this week to kick things off so bit of uh, all right now to bring you in that's our music in the background there you can hear ticking away uh, we're going to roll out a few songs just to lighten the mood throughout the program. Hey, uh, let's kick things off and get straight into business. Of course, Taylor Mile Night, Friday night at Alexandra Park. An absolutely cracking lineup of four year olds. Uh, the powerful All Stars team, of course, are there with their trio. Uh, drawn in barrier two, spank him, three turn it up, and seven chase Auckland. Starting this week's show with a chat with Mark Purden. Of course, he is the co-trainer of that talented trio with Natalie Rasmussen. She'll be in the bike behind Spanker. Mark will be in the bike behind Turn It Up and Tony Hurley to drive Chase Auckland. We'll start with Turn It Up, Mark, and I understand there was a little bit of drama this week, uh, and Turn It Up may have suffered a bit of a hoof problem. Uh, he pulled a shoe on the way up. Johnny, but um, oh, we had the farrier attend to him the, the very next day. Um, Poi, uh, our travelling foreman, thought he was a little bit concerned that he may have run a nail into the foot, but uh, he, he wasn't showing any signs of lameness, but he thought there was a little bit of heat in the foot. But uh, no, the, the farrier um, dressed the foot up and, and he didn't have many concerns and, and Poi was very happy with the way he trained on it Wednesday. Uh, great to hear that he's in great shape. Uh, let's talk about uh, the team going into the Taylor Mall. Uh, Spankham and Turn It Up obviously get the, the thick end of the, the draws. Uh, I guess the question is, can you split those two or perhaps the, the three of them? Such a, a talented trio of horses with uh, with Chase Auckland in there as well. Uh, do you lean either way going into this big race or is it a matter of just who gets the run on the night? Look, it, it would probably come down to that. I think Johnny. I think uh, you know, looking looking at the race on paper, you'd say Spankin will leave you for the mile, and uh, turn it up could probably or possibly be sitting outside in the whole race. So it's going to be come down to who is the best on the night, um, and uh, probably with the way that they have drawn, you'd probably favour Spankin sort of leading and being on the marker line to to, to take it out. Obviously, he led and won a miracle mile. Uh, so we know what uh, what could possibly happen if he does find the front. Uh, just going back to his last run in the Easter Cup, I thought with the work he had to do and uh, the conditions on the night, I thought his run was was pretty uh, pretty good. Were you happy with the with where he finished and in, in his effort? He's very happy with him. Yeah, the, the twenty metre handicap and the conditions that you pointed out, uh, having to work around the, the whole field from back. 
uh, from back at last. You know, he had to get tired. Uh, I thought the, the time was just phenomenal in those conditions. So being off 20 metres, he had to get tired. And, and, and I was quite happy with his performance, very happy. Of course, turn it up, slogged through the conditions uh, better than most and, and won the race. As far as how he and Spankham have progressed since then, uh, can they uh, obviously go, get through the race well and, and travel up to Auckland well? Yes, yeah, they've got through the runs, the run really well. Uh, the training's been good and, and they've travelled up well and, and as I said, their travelling form and form, I was very happy with both their work on Wednesday. Let's just round out with a quick update on Chase Auckland. We've seen a little bit uh, different sort of Chase Auckland the last couple of starts. He looks very keen, but I guess uh, in, under mild conditions, that keenness is probably not so much of a factor. No, no, they'll roll all the way, and you'd expect them to roll all the way anyway. And, um, you know, I don't think uh, he'll have time to, to get keen at any stage. Um, you know, you'd, you'd probably favour the other two just with the, the racing they've had under their belt. Um, ahead of him from a wide draw um, but um, nevertheless he's, he, he's certainly a nice horse on, on his day Mark Purden really appreciate your time good luck with your three in the Taylor Mile really uh, looking forward to see where they land and, and who gets the best run and uh, a cracking contest down the straight all the best thanks very much Johnny Great to have Mark Purden on the show, and gee, that was important, were vital information there. If Spankham can lead, as Mark predicts, gee, that makes the dollar fifty on Turn It Up look uh, a little bit short. Of course, uh, he opened a dollar sixty into a dollar fifty earlier in the week, whereas Spankham three ten, and there's obviously a few people out there who are banking on him leading. He's been uh, crunched into $2.80. So, yeah, if Spankham can lead and turn it up, lands outside him. Gee, it's going to take a huge effort from Turn It Up, who, in my opinion, is probably the better horse. But, gee, sitting outside Spankham, a miracle mile winner, is a massive task. As far as the rest of them goes, well, the place price around Mark Shard, if Spankham is able to hold the lead, looks rather juicy at 330 uh, Chase Auckland uh, drawn out wide. He is going to need a ton of luck from there at $13. And Henry Hubert, the interesting one, he has transformed his game recently. Really impressed with his Easter Cup run, sticking on for fourth behind Turn It Up and Coast. And he's probably going to get a really nice run through, I would have thought, from that second row. Of course, he's drawn to follow out Mark Shard, but being the only horse on the second row, he's possibly going to be able to track through behind Spankham if John Dunn chooses. So, yeah, massive, massive race. Uh, genuine winning chances among the horses that we haven't mentioned on the cards. Hale Christian, even Benson buys. Uh, obviously a massive task for him to take on these sort of horses, but you couldn't possibly rule out any of them, I don't think. Yeah, vital information. I'm probably going to have to lean Spankham's way over my old favourite Turn It Up. And just the fact that he may land in the trail, I'm going to check Chuck Mark Shard in for third. So that's a look at the Taylor Mall. Of course, the Anzac Cup Group 1 racing at Alexandra Park. We're going to come back after a short break and focus on that. Yes, we're back.
You're back on Turn It Up, the Punters Podcast, first edition, and first guest is been and gone. Mark Purden with uh, some vital information on Spankham. Next guest is waiting in the wings to talk Anzac Cup. And yes, it is the reason for the song, Back in Black. I know he's not one of the key players in this race, but he does certainly add some intrigue, and his stablemate adds even more. Uh, Monty Python, Back in Black, back in Phil Williamson's black colours in the Anzac Cup on Friday night. And, gee, for a last start group winner, $51. He is at a juicy price if you like him. Of course, Majestic Man is the main focus of the Williamson stable, and we're lucky enough now to have Phil Williamson join us on the program. Phil, first of all, thanks for your time. Oh, you're welcome, Johnny. Hey, let's talk about Monty Python. He's back with you after his Aussie campaign. How is he? He seems he seems really good. He uh, done a great job over there. It was uh, a bit of a brainstorm to go, and it turned out to be uh, a smart move. Um, he's done really well. I think he won close on 70000 over there, so that paid for his trip, and I'm sure all the uh, owners uh, got a great uh, buzz out of watching him go around. Johnny ran a lot of nice races. He ended up winning three as well, and third in the Inter-Dominion Grand Final. Um, you know, uh, I think if you'd have said you were going to achieve that before you left, um, that'd have been uh, pretty happy to go. Yeah, he certainly did you proud, and to be fair, one of his best runs was, was right before he came back. Uh, yes, it was. He, he's been racing really, really well of late. And, uh, yeah, no, Fred Lilly, where we left him or where we stayed, uh, great fella, as he, you know, he ex-Kiwi and uh, does a great job, Lil, especially with the trotters or with any horse. And, uh, no, it was a pleasure to be able to stay with him. He's a great host. We had a great time. What are we expecting this week? I, I take it the horse... Um yeah, over these trips is possibly not quite effective as effective as he is over the Road Cup trip. What what are you expecting this week? Yeah, I think that's fair comment. Um, and and this is a very strong lineup. I mean, uh, across the board, there's there's no gimmies in the race, so um, that'll be a tough race for him off the back row as well. Um, uh, no, I think it, uh, a pass mark for him would be just you know uh, just just a good go a good race. I'm not expecting him to be uh, uh, overly uh, sort of like if he made the top six, I'd call that a really good, you know, good enough effort. I think I can't just recall where he finished last year, but it might have been somewhere about fifth or sixth. Hey, you haven't mucked around in terms of booking a driver. <laughs> no, uh, you work from the top down, don't you? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, Mark Purden in the cart. Good to see. Hey, let's talk about Majestic Man. I thought the timing seems pretty perfect for him to step into the, the open grade of Group 1 racing uh, in this race. Yeah, yeah, it's a good race for him, but, um, you know, a bit of a step to these horses. Um, but I think he's up to it. He is, is a very nice horse. Um, you know, take Mark Cooler out, I think the field's even as far as the class of them. I think um, Michael. Mark Hall has proven that he's, uh, with Mumbai aside, he, he's New Zealand's best horse, in my opinion. And he's probably got quite a wee bit on all the rest if he was, uh, you know, the draws had have been in his favour, I would have said, you know, he, on his best days, he's better than, than the rest of us. But, um, you know, the rest of the field very even, and, and there may be one of them that can, uh, uh, as, you know, in the future, put its hand up to his sort of level. But, um, yeah, our guy... Lovely horse, but um, as I say, a little bit of a step to these horses, but I'm expecting them to be pretty competitive, and uh, 
yeah, he he'll, he does like it, the Auckland way around, so uh, that's another positive. He's okay our way as well, but I think he, he does trot a little bit uh, better the Auckland way. Um, everything seems fine with him, so I'm expecting a good run from him. The run's more important than anything, Johnny. You know, if he gets a good trip, he'll be uh, you know be a good first first four or five chance, for sure. And uh, yeah, perfect run. You never know, he might be able to win it, but I'm not uh, <laughs> counting on that. Hey, uh, Phil Williamson, really appreciate your time. Hey, uh, good luck with Majestic Man and Monty Python. Hopefully they do uh, the South proud. And um, all the best up there, and uh, hey, we'll talk again soon. Yeah, no, thanks very much, Johnny. It's just great to be up here and have a couple of horses that we can have a crack with. Great to have Phil Williamson join us. He has two genuine each-ray chances in the Anzac Cup. It's going to be a ripping race at Alexandra Park on Friday night. Uh, very even contest as well. Uh, Favouritism is with uh, the horse Phil regards as the toughest to beat in Markula. $4 shot did open three eighty. has eased slightly out to $4. Second favouritism with speeding spur four twenty out to four forty. And the money coming for Massive Metro, uh, sixes into 450, which to me is slightly surprising. I thought Le Monde beat him fair and square last time. Le Monde likes 2,200 metres. I know he likes a mile at Alexandra Park even better, but uh, he was impressive last week. Le Monde drawn uh, beside Massive Metro, uh, barriers three and four respectively. The uh, chances don't end there. Uh, a horse like Sunday Sun has to be a genuine each-way chance as well. He's in a similar category to Majestic Man, a four-year-old on the rise, and I could see him running top three, top four, uh, if he gets the right drag into the race. As far as my selections go, I am going to go with the old faithful speeding through. I just think he's uh, such a consistent type that uh, at least you know what you're going to get with him. To beat Lamond and Marcola, and if I was going to have a fourth one, it would be Sunday Sun, so long as he does everything right, of course. He can roll in to the odd gallop, but he's been pretty good, you've got to say, lately. Hey, let's uh, move on with the podcast. Still plenty to talk about uh, on Turn It Up, the Punters podcast. We're going to shift our focus away from Alexandra Park. Of course, there are two more feature races there uh, on Friday night, but, uh, gee, the uh, the Phillies race, the Caduceus Club Classic, pretty self-explanatory stuff there. We're all expecting Sweet On Me to remain unbeaten and continue her winning run. And the three-year-old Trotters go around the group two size stakes final. I'm expecting Enhance Your Calm to bounce straight back. Still have a lot of respect for a lot of muscle, the New Zealand Trotting Derby winner, but, yeah, Enhance Your Calm. I think uh, the camp will be reeling slightly, but uh, not... not uh, overacting or anything but uh, just reeling a little bit from getting nailed on the line in the trotting derby and they'll have him primed to run one heck of a race so uh, looking forward to Alexandra Park card Friday night can't wait hey you will move on with things we still have plenty to talk about on turn it up the po- the punters podcast but that one out turn it up the punters podcast uh, we're going to go to a little bit of a break now with some Tom Petty and we'll be back to talk about Diamonds Day You're on Turn It Up, the Punters 
podcast, and we're looking ahead to the weekend. Uh, we have Alexandra Park marked off a few winners there, and now we're on to Ascot Park on Saturday. Diamond Day, the signature race day down south. Can't wait to get along there and take in all the action. There are plenty of features. We're going to start with the south, the southern, I should say, Southern Supremacy Stakes final at Group 2 level for the three-year-olds. And a really intriguing contest, New Zealand derby form uh, is going to be a key ingredient here. Favourite has come up with, uh, TAB bookmakers have come up with the favourite as Memphis, Tennessee. Interestingly enough, uh, they haven't put the fourth place together, the best horse uh, as far as the New Zealand derby goes, uh, in the top two favourite slots. They've got Robin's Playboy with Barrier 1 and second favouritism ahead of global domination. That's the horse we're going to focus on at the moment. He was ripping a home along the markers on the New Zealand derby. Global domination, really good effort. And his trainer, Tony Barron, joins us on the line. Hey, uh, Tony, first of all, uh, welcome into the program. Good as Johnny. Hey, let's talk about global domination. I'm going to go back a couple of starts to his New Zealand derby run. Gee, you must have been wrapped with the way he hit the line and uh, really dashed at them late and grabbed fourth placing in pretty testing conditions. Yeah, so I'm thrilled to have one in the derby, actually, Johnny, especially when I bred it myself and, uh, you know, we've done all the work with him. So uh, it was a big thrill just to have one in it. And um, I didn't think he'd be disgraced. He's actually a pretty smart horse, but... um, between a bit of trainer error and uh, and learning on the way, um, things haven't always gone well. But uh, uh, he's a pretty good horse, and I, I think on ability, he's he's not far off him. Of course, he has struck a little bit of bad luck through his career, and that was the case last time. Do we just put a line through that last run where he uh, got poleaxed at the start, and then he had to go around and sit parked? Yep, just put a line through it. Um, I sort of tossed up a while ago after the derby whether we... Um, whether we go to a workout or a trial, and, and that race was on at Addington, and I can't see the point of going to workouts and trials and paying to run when we get paid to go to the races. So I thought, well, things panned out beautifully. He drew one the second row, following out one of Johnny Dunn's good ones, and I, you know, I thought, well, this is just the perfect trial for the supremacy. And uh, yeah, 30 metres into the start, it was a totally different story. It certainly was. Uh, did, didn't knock the horse around. I take it he, he goes into Saturday's race in, in, in good order. I think it's good. he looks as good when we worked him this morning. Um, he, he looks as good as what he has all season. I think he looks phenomenal. And uh, with a similar trip to the Derby, I don't think he'd be too far away. Perhaps the most interesting part of the race is what he may do at the start. Have you got a preference on where you'd like to see the horse in the run? He's obviously shown very good gate speed at different times and uh, you've got a, a sort of a likely or a natural leader there in Barry One, Robin's Playboy. Have you got any sort of leaning on where you'd like to see your horse? Uh, it wouldn't worry me, just sort of, well, hopefully 1-1 one, one or somewhere handy there, Johnny, but it, we're fouled with a couple of burns out of the gate. Uh, he just doesn't finish off the same if he if he really burns hard early. He's got plenty of gate speed, and um, talking to Bruce Negus the other night, and he said it's a bit of a failing with the Liz Maras, which, which the mothers buy, um, very good stayers, but uh, they're never the same if you really burn them hard early, so uh, yeah, he'll just slide in and... Robin's Playboy's obviously going to go out hard, and, and I'm hoping there's another couple there that'll go out and we'll just come across and be in the first sort of five or six, and um, I, I hope they run it as a genuine tempo, and uh, this fella can sit on speed. It won't matter how quick they go. 
Yeah, obviously with the way he hit the line in the derby, a really hard two seven's going to be right up his alley. So, he, as you say, he's hoping there's plenty of pace on. He's hoping he gets a decent run as well. Tony Barron, really appreciate your time, and hey, all the best on Saturday. Thanks very much, Johnny. He's got to be an each-way player in the race on Saturday, the Southern Supremacy Stakes Final Global Domination. Good to get the word from Tony Barron. Yeah, that last run is a forget job. Global Domination, sixth behind Bring It On Home. Uh, it was a really good run, though. He got absolutely smashed at the start by Franco Niven and recovered, went round, sat parked, and was only about, well, around four lengths away from the winner, Bring It On Home, who's rejuvenated himself and going really well at the moment. Uh, in that race, Mongolian Cavalry went a nice race for sec and did have, well, did seemingly have all favours sitting in the 1-1 behind Global Domination and ran into second behind the impressive winner. He may well find himself in a very sweet spot on Saturday. Uh, the natural leader in the race, Robin's Playboy, coming up with Barrier 1. You would think he has the gate speed to hold. You would think... They'd want to stay in front, and that is fantastic news for the Mongolian Cavalry Camp. He's been racing some tidy types this preparation. At last start was one of his best. Uh, as far as the other derby runners goes, uh, Go stars tonight, perhaps down on his best form. Uh, Cast No Shadow looks the second stringer as far as the court stable go. And also coming through the Derby, Memphis, Tennessee, who was impressive in lower grades uh, after his seventh in the Derby. And uh, he's come up as the favourite uh, ahead of Robin's Playboy. I sort of had Robin's Playboy as the favourite, I thought, as Derby run, though he uh, was beaten home by Memphis, Tennessee, was possibly the better one uh, after he did plenty of work. Uh, not a lot in that. And uh, obviously Global Domination beat the both of them home, and he's come up as the third favourite. Uh, $5 about, well, sixes into $5 about Mongolian cavalry. So not too much between the first four, and then we go out a little bit wider in the market to the likes of Stars Tonight. Uh, Mighty Flying Art, who I've got to say, his star has dipped uh, rather drastically lately. I'm losing faith in him, uh, though I must say, if they do go hard to over 2-7, uh, and he is driven with a sit. He will be hitting the line. We saw that in the size stakes final. He can sit off a good pace and rattle home. Uh, if it's having to settle on on some selections, I'm going to go with our guest on the program, Global Domination. I just thought possibly the best stayer in the race to beat Mongolian Cavalry. Should get a really nice run in the trail. Robins Playboy for third and Memphis, Tennessee for fourth. The next race we're going to talk about at Ascot Park uh, Diamonds Day on Saturday is the Southern Country Cups final. This culminates a lot of very good Cups races we've had through the season. Uh, for mine, there's two that stand out, two from the same stable, two Canterbury Raiders. They are Smoking Up and Forgotten Highway. We will talk a little bit more about them, but we'll first have a little bit of a break and come back. You're on. Turn it up. The Punters Podcast, edition one. Still plenty to come. A little bit of ACDC, track number two. We're keeping the Bogans happy on Turn It Up, the Punters Podcast, edition number two. And no doubt plenty of Bogans out there listening 
Right now, hopefully they get along to Escot Park. I'm going to have to change subjects very quickly. We're trying to take things very seriously here because it's Diamonds Day at Invercargill at Ascot Park on Saturday. The next race we're going to focus on from Diamonds Day is the Southern Country Cups final. And Mitchell Kerr joins us. He's the trainer of Smoke and Buy and Forgotten Highway. They both look a class above in this field. They've been racing uh, in some really, really hot lineups recently. They'll enjoy a bit of a drop in grade here. I guess the first question for you, Mitchell, is uh, we welcome you into the uh, podcast, is how do you split these two? Two very nice horses. Yeah, that's right, Johnny. They they definitely are. They're two nice horses. Um, but to be honest, there's probably not too much in, uh, too much in it um, for that race on Saturday. Uh, you know, both probably haven't been quite at their best last couple of runs. Um, you know, I just had a bit of a virus go through the team, so uh, we're just coming out the other end of that now, and and they all seem to be working you know, really good again. So, you know, I'm really happy with both of them, and and I suppose probably whoever gets the best run will um, you know probably be the, the better chance. Probably the one thing about uh, Forgotten Highway is, uh, gee, this is a massive drop in grade compared to some of the races he uh, has contested this year. It might even be a bit of a shock to the, to the system when he doesn't have to race the likes of Turn It Up and, and those classy cup horses. Yeah, that's right, Johnny. You know, obviously, um, you know, quite a decent drop in grade um, for him. You know, he's been racing probably the best ones in the country for you know, the last six months now. So, um yeah, listen, uh, you know, and I think I've got him back on track. He just wasn't quite right in the Easter Cup after winning the, that Medfin race and, um, you know, just hasn't been quite running on um, the same as what he should have been. And, you know, I put that down to that wee virus I'd say he's had and well, he's definitely had and, you know, I'm, I'm pretty pretty happy with him there and he's, you know, he's definitely been working um, a lot better. So, you know, all going forward um, for this race, you know, as things happen, you know, uh, well for him in the race and, you know, he fits clearly in that and he... Um, has a week of luck, I'll tell you, take a bit of beating, yeah. Hey, let's talk about Smoke and Buy. It was a reasonably rare mistake for him to miss away at Rangiora last time. Uh, do we read anything into that, or do we just turn the page? Because we have st- seen him step pretty cleanly in the past. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was a re- it probably, probably was a rare mistake for him. You know, um, he, uh, he normally steps really good. Um, yeah, and, and saying that, you know, if he does decide to go do something, it's normally, you know, at 100 miles an hour. So, you know, he, he turned sideways there just before the tape, and and that was the end of him, really. So, you know, as long as um, as Johnny can get him on the right foot, um, you know, he's quite capable of making a ball at the beginning. And, and you know, if he does one of them and puts himself in the race, well, um, you know, he'll be awfully hard to beat. Hey Mitch, I really appreciate your time and uh, hey, all the best with uh, the classy pair. I found them extremely hard to split as well. I'm sure they'll uh, give a good account of themselves and uh, all the best with the race and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Hey, cheers. Thanks very much for that, Johnny. They have to be genuine players in the Southern Country Cups final, the Kerr pairing of Forgotten Highway and Smoke and Buy. Mitchell couldn't see much between them, but I'm going to have to split them because, uh, well, I guess that's my job. Uh, I'm going to go with Smoke and Buy. I think he's possibly the more speedy of the two and slightly more progressive of the two, but, uh, yeah, I don't think there's too much in it. Uh, ahead of uh, Forgotten Highway. As far as the rest of the field goes, uh, they do deserve respect and they are going to get a head start on 
uh, the Kerr Pearing, who are both off 20 metres alongside Sagwich, who is becoming somewhat of a Country Cup specialist. So uh, he's got to be in the mix as well. Uh, I like Born to Boogie uh, on an each-way basis as well as a vintage Cheddar, who looks right back to his best at the moment. He went through a little bit of a slump there where... Uh, I just didn't know where he was at. He was disappointing because there are there are some big raps on this horse, and uh, to be fair, he hasn't done anything sensational yet. So, yeah, a good chance for uh, Vintage Cheddar to earn some good bank here in the twenty five thousand dollar Country Cups final. My selections: twelve smoking by to beat eleven forgotten highway. Uh, Going to chuck in born to boogie to run uh, third ahead of Vintage Cheddar. That wraps our Southern Country Cups look. Uh, South and Oaks on the program at Group Two level at Ascot Park Diamonds Day on Saturday as well. It uh, is an even field with Kendra coming up favourite uh, around that two dollar thirty quote. She deserves that sort of price given the fact she's been so consistent this season. And she's come up with a decent sort of marble in Barrier 5. I thought she had the value of the race uh, inside her, her stablemate, Moss Dawad. I thought she deserved to be a little bit shorter than $6. I think she'll run a heck of a race uh, for the Hope Stable, Ben Hope, in the bike. And beyond those two, very even race, uh, given the fact Major Sass has drawn one on the second row, that is not going to help her chances at all. Uh, $8 around her. Uh, a pretty easy sort of top three for me. I settled on those ones. Uh, Kendra to beat Mostow Art and uh, Major Sass. I threw in Team Kiwi, my fourth selection ahead of uh, two other runners that are uh, more favoured than her, Donegal Art, Choken and Presbyton, both nice enough fillies as well, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens out of the gate, I can see Mostow Art blasting out, Kendra uh, very good gate speed as well um, and We've got sort of the, uh, I guess you call it the pain in the race, drawn barrier one, Tango Dancer. It looks to have no chance and has major sass behind it. So just how that'll play out over 2200, uh, you could see major sass getting into a bit of a tight spot there. Uh, as far as the rest of the program at Ascot Park on Saturday goes, uh, the two-year-old race, um, without wanting to be too negative, I don't think it's going to be the race of the day. I think uh, it's going to be... Dominated by the Prudent Rasmussen Stable. Virgil deserves favouritism around that $1.75 mark. Uh, they've come for the second favourite, Dinah Bolt. Uh, you've got to respect the barn. Decent trial form uh, and has been backed. So, uh, yeah, gee, you'd be brave to leave it out. Mac Da Vinci's been racing in very strong fields up and down the country this season. Uh, would not surprise me at all if he was to come out and run a heck of a race. As with Mitchell Curse, two-year-old, uh, William Wallace, he was uh, good behind, above and beyond, uh, in a decent-sized stakes heat last time out after getting things wrong on debut. So, yeah, looking forward to see seeing how he measures up against uh, more experienced runners. Uh, he didn't really... Uh, clash with anything exciting uh, at uh, in, in that heat, given the fact that Smooth Deal galloped away, and uh, a little bit of question mark going on uh, into to him uh, around the jewels. So yeah, plenty going on at Ascot Park, and arguably the highlight for many will be uh, you may collect. He's in race five, Kirsten Barclay and Paul Ellis line him up. Uh, does look like his toughest test. Uh, he went to Addington on Easter Cup night, but uh, I don't think he raced any champions. Uh, but 
Gee, he fair dinkum dealt to them, and I could see him doing similar here. Rockabilly Blues I have a lot of respect for, but whether she's quite up to you may collect's mark, I guess we'll find out on Saturday. But yeah, the boom horse out of Southland is uh, you may collect, and he will get them absolutely humming. Uh, cheering him home on Saturday. That wraps our look at Diamonds Day. Anyone in the Deep South, get along. It's going to be a heck of a day. Right, let's move on with the podcast. This is the Punters Podcast with Turn It Up. I'm Johnny Turner, your host. We're getting through the program now, and it's time to get across the ditch. Our Aussie correspondent gets her first go on the Punters Podcast very shortly. That is a bit of Johnny Farnham, you're the voice, an Aussie classic to bring in our Aussie guests for the first time on the Punters podcast. It is Brittany Graham, uh, I think that could just about be your uh, welcome tune every week, you're going to be our regular or- Aussie correspondent, and uh, I've said on the program already that we've uh, picked a good week to kick off things uh, from a New Zealand perspective, but gee, it's a, a good weekend across the Tasman as well. Uh, obviously things go into a little bit of a lull at this time of year to some extent, uh, as we sort of build towards some features over there, which culminate in the Breeders' Crown. But yeah, good racing on the weekend. So Brittany, hey, for, first of all, welcome in, and uh, thanks for joining us for the first time. Thanks very much. No, it's great to be a part of it, and um, from across the ditch, hopefully we can find a few winners here in Australia too. Got plenty of racing action this weekend, that's for sure. As far as uh, New Zealanders are concerned, I think uh, top billing goes to Bella Montana in the Victorian Oaks. The, after drawing barrier one, I mean, after a heat win, I should uh, start off with, her heat win was so impressive. Then she's gone and drawn barrier one. Gee, it's going to be hard for those Aussies to beat her. Can you see her being beaten? How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, it's very hard to see her being beaten. You call her a Kiwi, but she is owned in Queensland, so maybe we can... Uh take a bit of the credit there for her too. But no, she was brilliant there on last Saturday night in her heat win. I watched it live and at about the half when Zach pulled her to the outside, I knew that the task was really going to be ahead of her, but she knuckled down and and I think she probably added another string to her bow there. We've seen her driven over there in New Zealand quite cold and, and with one last sprint, but she was really tough there on Saturday night. And from the one draw, it's probably the one position that is a little query. She hasn't really had to show gate speed in her in her runs before now. But Zach Butch has come out during the week and said that he can see no issue in her holding the lead or holding her position. And then it, then I guess he has options thereafter. But she was great last week, and and they say that she should be better this week. So it's very hard to see her being beaten there on Saturday night. Yeah, the other uh, part of that draw is that she's got a major advantage seemingly over her uh, main rivals, Kualoa, uh, drawn on the back row and smart as can be. I guess uh, the only fly in the ointment is if maybe Kylie Rasmussen says, uh, you know, shall we try and get across the, the Kiwi slash Queenslander? <laughs> yes, that that could be an option for Kylie. But during the week I heard her speaking to Chris Barsby and she said, her best asset is her closing speed. So she wasn't going to be overly worried by 
the barrier draw because she thinks she is better driven with one run anyway. So I'm not sure if Kylie will want to use her up early in the hope of getting across well of Montana because then if she doesn't, well, she's probably in a lot of strife. Then Miss Dryzen might be the only other one to have a little dip early. Of course, she was great running second to Belle of Montana there last week. But it's going to be an interesting few hundred, first 100 metres, but thereafter, if she is able to hold up, she should be far too good, I think. And let's go to the Truer Memorial. Obviously, it's a different kind of race these days. Uh, but uh, this year's edition possibly has uh, more interest uh, for New Zealanders uh, than it has in uh, perhaps the last couple of years or so. That's because, uh, obviously, there's news around Ignatius possibly coming to the jewels. And I had heard a couple of whispers around Alma's image possibly uh being aimed at the New Zealand Cup, I'm not sure what there is to that. But gee, if he was to come, he's uh, geez, was huge last week. He's been very impressive recently, so he would add to that race. So yeah, a bit of uh, interest there. Um, Elmas Image, red hot favourite ahead of Ignatius. Uh, is that how you see it, Brittany? Elmas Image, he just continues to improve. This fellow, I watched him through the Miracle Mile Carnival. He was not being far in the Bohemia Crystal free-for-all and since then has just gotten better and better. His run there at Penrith last Thursday was super around that track. It's no mean feat to sit parked and still be too strong over the 2,500 metres. They rated 156 and 7. And at the top of the straight, he looked under a bit of pressure, but he just kept finding. And he's come up with the barrier draw advantage over Ignatius yet again. He's drawn four. If the emergency comes out, he will come out of Barrier three, Ignatius, well, his run of bad draws continues. He comes up with nine, so three on the second line. He was great last week as well, making ground wide out on the track and getting as close to Elmer's image as he did. But it's another big task ahead of him to probably have to do the same here at Bankstown tomorrow night, Friday night. But the True Memorial, $65,000 now, and there is a little bonus as well for the horse who manages to grab the most points from the Truer and last week. So if Elmer's image is able to win both, he grabs another 20 grand on top of the prize money. So not a bad little uh, eight or or nine days it could be for Elmer's image if he's able to take out the Truer. Absolutely, yeah, that run at Penrith, uh, that really caught my G, did plenty of work there and uh, kicked on. Hey, speaking of uh, Bankstown, uh, looking back uh, recently, uh, former Kiwi Cullenburn made a really impressive a debut there goes around in the carousel race at Menango on the weekend. Uh, gee, he looks like he's really fitted into Australia, the Australian style of racing quickly and very well. Yeah, he's a lovely horse too. I watched the replay of that event and doesn't wear much gear, gets his head down and looks to have a real crack. So he didn't have uh, long to settle into Australia. It didn't look like he last raced on the 29th of March at Addington and then his made his Australian debut at Bankstown back then on the 12th. So he comes to an angle for the first time on Saturday night. And that is also always a little bit of a query because the Menangle style of racing is so hard and fast that sometimes takes a few runs for these horses to get used to the track. But it's come up with a nice draw down in five. And second up, you would think he would take natural improvement from that first up run. Sicario is probably his main danger drawn to his outside. So it'll be interesting to see how he measures up. It looks as though the further they go, the betting will be. They go up over the 2,300 metres there on Saturday night and Todd McCarthy takes the reins. So 
will be interesting to see how he measures up, but he couldn't have done much more than he did on debut there. Absolutely. Brittany Graham, really appreciate your contribution to uh, this week's podcast. Hopefully that's the first of uh, many to come as uh, things heat up uh, during the winter and, of course, we lead up to the British Crown and then into the New Zealand uh, features that are coming up as well. Hey, really appreciate your time. We'll keep an eye on all the Aussies that may be uh, crossing the ditch with the jewels as well. So uh, all the best with uh, your racing week, and we'll talk again next week. Great. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's a big weekend in Australia and we hope Belle of Montana can get the job done in the Victorian Oaks. Hey, yeah, that wraps our show, our first podcast, Turn It Up, the Punters podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks to all my guests, Mark Purden, Phil Williamson, Tony Barron and Mitchell Kerr. Uh, if you like uh, the show, continue to listen in. As I said at the top of the program, uh, we are coming out on Thursdays as usual, but Anzac Day this week meant we're out Friday. So, uh, hey, enjoy the weekend's racing. Tune in next week. Like, share, follow, all that sort of stuff. Uh, I'm going to leave you with our opening tune all right now by Free. You have a fantastic weekend and hopefully make a few dollars. Let me tell you now